Lecture topic: The authenticity of Layla Shobarat. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladin astafa. Amma ba'du fa'audu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ صَدَقَ اللَّهُ الْعَظِيمُ Most respected mothers and sisters, students of deen, we are in this Mubarak month of Sha'ban, and a few days away, from a very great and auspicious occasion, the 15th night of Sha'ban. Laylatun Nisfim in Sha'ban, there are many, many ahadith that mention the virtue of this very great night. Nowadays, a lot of people are very deep into a lot of research and they read a lot of things and people who are still not even familiar with the very basics of Arabic grammar, mashallah, they've gone into some deep hadith research also. So from time to time we get these kind of questions from very young people too. But is this really authentic? Is this really established? Etc. So this is an academic discussion and it's beyond the scope of somebody who is still studying the elementary aspects of deen, but just in case somebody has gone down that path, or they have somebody in their homes, in their families, who probably is talking that line, because they're picking up things from here, there and everywhere. So now these are the things sometimes that become confusing, because people pick up things without any understanding. So the virtue of the 15th night of Sha'ban is authentically established. There are many ahadiths that mention the detail. On an individual basis, some ahadith are of a lower level of uh, authenticity. That does not mean it is not authentic. But as you get something is of 99%, something is 97%, Somebody gets 90% in the paper and somebody gets 85%. But at the end of the day, they all are on A. They all have an A pass. So likewise, there are certain, many ahadis in fact, that have the various details about the aspects related to the 15th night of Sha'ban. And according to the usul and the principle of the muhaddithin, the aspect that is known as ta'addudu turuq so now you might wonder, what is this? I don't know about it. So that is the purpose of mentioning the Arabic term, that there are many other things that you may not be aware about. And therefore, like a person who starts talking rocket science in front of a primary school child, you say, look, this is beyond my, my level. So I will just accept what the rocket scientist says, that this is well the, how the rocket works. So likewise, the muhaddithin, they have done the job for us. And they have categorized these ahadis as in totality, authentic. So the 15th night of Shaban is a very great and auspicious occasion. Now the details of this we have heard on many occasions. 
year in and year out we listen to the, these important details and it's important to refresh them. In the short time that we have, we are going to look at this from one angle. Just very briefly first, the virtue we are aware of on the night of the 15th of Sha'ban, Allah Ta'ala's special mercies descend and Allah Ta'ala Himself calls out from the beginning of the night, is there anybody seeking forgiveness? Is there anybody seeking risk? Anybody seeking any uh, any solution to a problem, etc.? Allah Ta'ala Himself calls out from the beginning of the night. So now this is the very special rahmat that descends. We should not allow this time to just get wild away and in doing all kinds of futile things, we should be occupied in something that will earn us the blessings of the night. Then what is mentioned also is that Allah Ta'ala's special forgiveness descends and numerous people get forgiven. Now forgiveness for us, it's a word. Because the full reality hasn't dawned upon us what forgiveness means. But just to understand it in a little bit context, if somebody has been, because of whatever crime he committed, he's been sentenced to 50 years in prison. He's been sentenced to 50 years in prison. What is a life imprisonment? So now, Allah knows best how long he might have to end up there, live for another 70 years to whatever. But now, 50 years, make it 25 years. For whatever it's worth, make it 25 years. So a person has been sentenced to 25 years in prison. And then at the 11th hour, can you imagine what prison life is all about? What a situation. 25 years the person is going to be locked up and all the things that then impact on him personally, on his family, on so many things. And then the difficulties and hardships of prison life, then he might have to end up getting, Allah forbid, some prison gang gets hold of him. What not? The, it's, it's things that can't be imagined. And now somebody then works a plan for him, and then the next thing he gets a letter officially from the, from the court or wherever, that you have been now pardoned and this 25 year prison sentence has now been cancelled. So with that person who has already been sentenced to 25 years in prison, he will receive that note, that letter, that official communication from the court or from the correctional services, from the court now, that you have been now pardoned. So he look at it as like some news item, that okay, tomorrow is the uh, tomorrow is witness day, so like a news item now, what is tomorrow's date? Or will this become a means of, he can't contain his joy, he'll start crying out of happiness. People around him will start crying out of happiness. They'll throw a big celebration. There'll be a big huge dawat and celebration over this, that he got pardoned, that this 25 year jail sentence has now been revoked. Now, whereas that 25 years is not even one dot compared to one day in the Akhirat. The 25 years is not even a fraction of the time in Akhirat of one day. Because one day in Akhirat is equivalent to 1000 years of this world. This world. 
So now 25 years compared to 1,000 years is not even a quarter percent. But that for that quarter percent here, person gets so will get so thrilled, and for the difficulties that can't even compare one iota to the difficulties of akhirat. And Allah forbid the kind of life that we lead, if we had to be taken to task for it, and we were not given forgiveness for it. Allah forbid what will become our condition. And even if a person then had to be spending one day in Jahannam, that one day will be equivalent to 1000 years of this world. One day. Now Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness comes which says that you freed now from that one day of Akhirat. Meaning like a thousand years imprisonment for one day. Allah knows best what Allah save us from it. That we don't ever have to ever see even the smoke of Jahannam. But now this is the value of this forgiveness. For us it's a word, it's just a, an abstract concept. It's just something is spoken about. It's there, it's mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, forgiveness. But what does this forgiveness really mean? The kind of a'mal that we do, even the righteous actions... What can we claim that something is worthy of acceptance there? So on the one side, what good appears to be done, in reality that too is in question, because of the quality, because of the way it was done, because of the intentions behind it. So on the one side, in terms of the good, there's really nothing we, we can claim. And then we know what's going on in our lives in terms of the negatives. So how desperately we should be seeking this forgiveness. Because Allah forbid, if we go in the condition we are without forgiveness, what will become our situation? So forgiveness is spoken of very lightly, spoken of just in passing, this brings forgiveness, that brings... That's Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy, Allah's open doors, that look, come through this, you'll get the forgiveness. So Allah Ta'ala has provided this very, very special occasion and this is also another point of reflection that this very great occasion comes just on the doorstep of Ramadan. Ramadan which is such a great month where Allah Ta'ala's special mercies of the highest level come. The doors of Jahannam close, the doors of Jannah are opened out, the shayateen are chained up and the barakat and blessings pour in every moment of the month of Ramadan. Now, such a great month is already almost with us. But just at the doorstep, one such great day comes, one night comes of this level. Now, in our thinking, we would have said, no, now space it out. Ramadan is there. And then, uh, after Ramadan is Hajj. So, Zulhijjah is not far off after Ramadan. So, okay, between Zulhijjah and the next Ramadan, somewhere in between, then bring 15th of Shaban, that virtue, bring it this way. So now somewhere midway between Zulhijjah, okay, after Zulhijjah is Muharram, Muharram also, 10th of Muharram is a very auspicious occasion. So between the 10th of Muharram and Ramadan, midway, so now, like a midway stop now, that's what will be our thinking. But deen is not how we think. Allah's hikmat, we can't fathom. But one of the things that appear that could be the hikmat also in it, Allah knows best, that just two weeks before Ramadan, we are being given a final wake-up call. 
that look, we should have been wide awake from the beginning of Rajab to receive the blessings of Ramadan, to prepare ourselves for it. But people like us, we still carry on in our lackadaisical way, can't be concerned, no real drive, just carrying on. So now one last wake-up call comes, that look, sort yourself out, and clean yourself out. Because to get to Ramadan in a clean state is going to be extremely important to receive the barakat and blessings fully. Otherwise you're going to lose out something. Going to lose out a few days maybe. By the time we come on track. And every moment is so precious in that Mubarak month. So now to get the full benefit of Ramadan, we are being told clean up. Clean up our act, clean up our lives, clean up our hearts. Clean up the relationships that we have. So this clean up, clean up time. So the primary thing is the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala opens out the doors of His forgiveness on such a great occasion, just on the doorstep of Ramadan. But as we're talking about this clean up time, in the ahadith what is also mentioned is, that such a great night where so many countless number of people are forgiven, there are some people who are deprived of the mercy of this night. They are deprived of the forgiveness of this night. Now if somebody had to tell us that today as each person leaves the madrasa, they will be given one set of jewelry, one diamond set and some golden jewelry and whole set of jewelry worth about maybe half a million rands. Tell them maybe that's too much, make it 100,000. Even forget 100,000, make it 50,000 too. And Allah knows best maybe for half that too. So everybody will get this. Whoever is going to be now here in Madrasa, as they're leaving, each one will get this whole set of jewelry. But, people who, or certain conditions are going to nevertheless be applicable, if this is not complied with, then they're not going to get. Otherwise, everybody's going to get. So whoever doesn't comply with these things, they'll get deprived. So now, for example, it is said, that the person who is, now just, a different example, this is not what's in the Hadith Sharif regarding the occasion, I'm just giving a separate example, that if it is said that somebody who now has any kind of wrong contacts on their phone, or is in communication with somebody in a wrong way, then they're not going to get, and there's some way of working it out, who's where, what's going on, that information will come through. So who's going to take a chance? We'll make sincere toba immediately. We will have to delete everything. We'll make sure there's no way that anything, any trace of anything remains. For what? For some little bit of dunya. Oh, now if it is said, if somebody has some bad relationship with some family member, or they are disobedient to their parents, so they're not going to get. So we need that confirmation from the parent that everything is fine. Then they'll get it. We will beg our parents for forgiveness immediately. That look, whatever I did, I said, I'm really sorry and it will never happen again. And the parent says, but look, I can't take this on face value, you've done this kind of thing before, you've made a lot of commitments. Say, no, this time it's genuine. This time it's genuinely gold. Because there's jewelry waiting now at the door. We might say it's genuinely diamond also. But we're not going to probably say all that, we'll just say it's genuine. Why? Because the golds and diamonds are waiting. 
But for the, the reality of it is, we know ourselves, بَلِ الْإِنسَانُ عَلَىٰ نَفْسِهِ بَصِيرَةِ وَلَوْ أَلْقَى مَعَاذِرَةِ Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an Sharif, this insan knows himself very well. He knows, despite all his excuses, he knows the reality. Reality of himself, how genuine he is, what is the excuse, what is reality, he knows. So any case now, we will nevertheless still do whatever we can to secure the forgiveness of our parents, to mend the relationships with family members, whoever else. Why? So that we don't get deprived of that one set of jewelry, phone, gold coin, whatever. Now this is the mindset with which we have to understand this situation of the 15th night of Shaban, that there are certain categories of people that get deprived of the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala on this night, the mercies of this night. What a tragedy! What a terrible tragedy! And what a great loss! So now this is the aspect of cleaning out that was spoken. That it is a time to clean ourselves. Clean ourselves of what? Of sin. In the Hadith Sharif what is mentioned, the people that get deprived, one is mushrik. Illa li mushrikin aw mushahinin. Mushrik, obviously that person now has committed the worst crime. So he is deprived. There is no iman. So there is going to be any blessings and mercy that is going to shower on him. So one is complete and open and clear shirk. That we all understand how severe that is. But likewise there is a lesser shirk. This lesser shirk doesn't become a barrier from entry into Jannat eventually, but it destroys a person's amal, destroys all the good. The lesser shirk is the shirk of riya, of doing things for name and fame, doing things to gain the recognition of people, doing things to gain the praises of people. People must get impressed, people must pat us on the back, people must find that no, no, you know, we also are good. So, to gain the praises of people, this does not mean that we must not do things to please our parents, for example. We please them for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Because if they are pleased with us, Allah will be pleased with us. So that must not be confused. Now sometimes, some people, mashallah, their understanding is so great. So now when we say, don't do things for pleasing people, so now the parent said something, no, no, I mustn't do things to please you, so I'm not going to do it now. Because if I'm doing it now, then my intention won't be right. My intention will be to please you. So when I decide to do it only for Allah Ta'ala, then I'll do it. So that kind of understanding is itself completely off the track. That is why we shouldn't take chances on our own in trying to interpret a hadith, etc. Because then we'll make blunders like this. Like a person trying to interpret medical uh, books without knowledge of medicine is going to cause major problems, might kill himself. So any case, the thing is, just for the sake of the praises of people, people must be, must recognize us, must acknowledge us, then we'll destroy our amal. Somebody is performing salah to impress somebody, somebody is doing some other good actions to impress people, that is now riyah. And that will cause us to lose our amal. So now, on such a great occasion, that too can become a big barrier. In any case, then the other categories that are mentioned, just we will touch on a few now. One is the aspect of the one who harbors malice, mushahin. He harbors malice 
for others. Has dirt in his heart for others. And this is something shaitan keeps trying to put into the heart to try and deprive a person. Tries and makes a person think ill of others, wish ill for others, wish that some problem comes to them, some hardship must come upon them. This is a terrible thing to do. We should not be thinking in for anybody like this. We should be thinking in a way that a mu'min thinks for everybody. A mu'min is a well-wisher for everyone. And therefore he is wishing well for everybody. So this is the aspect that we should be concentrating on. That how others also can prosper, others can also progress, others can also do well. So the heart must be cleaned. This has been discussed many times. The heart being cleaned is a separate matter. And the heart being in pain is a different issue. It does not mean that the heart in pain is not a clean heart. Pain, that is a human emotion. A human emotion that will be triggered by circumstances. It will be triggered by what goes on. So if somebody uh, hits someone with a stick now, or takes a whoop and whoops somebody. Now the person obviously is going to get hurt, and a whoop can really hurt somebody. And if he took something more dangerous than a whoop, and he hit somebody with something that might hurt the person, injure him as well, cut into him, so now obviously he might bleed as well, that might require hospitalization, what not might happen. So now somebody came and asked him for forgiveness. Whoever did it, they asked him for forgiveness. So he said, I forgive you. MashaAllah, he said, I forgive you. So now he forgave it. Does it mean now because he forgave it, this wound is not going to pain anymore? It's just fresh. It just got inflicted. There's deep cuts. Now, it's just been stitched, but it's burning. And maybe the bone broke. So now that's a very excruciating pain. Now that has to be put into a plaster, into a cast. So now by the time that heals, and sometimes they have to put some pins and needles and all in, that takes a long time to heal, and then still it causes some pain. So now somebody tells him, but you forgave him. So why are you still groaning with the pain? So well, he's paining. Because he's paining, my heart is clean, I'm not wishing ill for the person. I've forgiven him. I've overlooked it. I'm not going to take him to task in dunya or in akhirat. I'm not wishing that any harm comes to him. I'm making dua for him. But the pain is there. What I must do about the pain? Maybe someday that person realizes that I cause this pain. He comes. He starts making khidmat of the person. He is providing some kind of relief, some comfort, attending to the uh, treatment of the person. Now that soothes the heart as well that took the pain away also. But the heart was clean, but the pain is a different process to take the pain away. The least is for us to have our hearts clean. The pain is not in our control. Time sometimes erases the pain. It sometimes the person conducts themselves in such a positive way then that erases the pain. But pain is a separate matter. So put the pain aside, meaning in this particular matter that we are discussing, put that one side, 
understood, okay, there might be still some pain, but the heart keep it clean. That's what's required of us. Clean the heart out. We cannot afford to lose out on such a great occasion. And simply just by making sure that in this particular matter, our heart is clean for everybody. We're not wishing ill for anyone. We're not hoping something goes wrong for them. We are not harboring that anger and malice inside that I wish I get a chance to sort this person out. That is closed. That chapter is closed. Now, Allah Ta'ala will heal the wound as well, inshallah. So that's one very important aspect that we keep our hearts clean. We've discussed on many occasions how the great personalities, how they just dismissed all these sideline issues. Yes, they were insan as well. It is very, very likely that they too were emotionally affected by whatever happened. But the way they dealt with it, that itself made them feel light. And when they dismissed it, they dismissed it completely, finished, gone. There are those personalities who build their hearts up to that extent. Hazrat Mufti Muhammad Shafi Sahib Rahmatullah he had been living in Deoban with his family, a big family he had as well, and they were living under very difficult times, it was very difficult, life was not so easy, and he had a big family to support, and he started putting together a, a, a plantation, which now the trees slowly were now coming up, and it was going to be ready to harvest for the first time, a mango plantation, which would have been a very valuable thing, and the income from that would have made things very much easier for the family in general. So, and he had this uh, shock as well, some degree of enthusiasm for putting up a mango plantation. So now he managed to get one piece of land, gradually, then put the plants in, and gradually over the years now, two, three, four years, seeing this thing growing slowly, it was time now to start reaping the first harvest. Just at that time, things started turning around, and eventually, before the first harvest, the partition of, or whatever happened immediately, but then they migrated from India to Pakistan. So now this was something close to him. He had personally been tending to it, and then seeing the benefit, inshallah, that would come out of this, which will make life easier for his family, for his children. So this grows into you. Over time, it builds up, it grows into you. But he says that, Alhamdulillah, the day I stepped out of that farm, the day I stepped out of that yard, out of that property, meaning I left this and moved off to Pakistan, because never to return to this, the day I stepped out of it, Alhamdulillah, it stepped out of my heart. Meaning I closed the chapter and carried on. Whereas this is not something that can just be this forgotten, Generally, people will be, their hearts will cling to it. It will be a, quite a, quite an effort to detach the heart now. But this was almost there. So many years we were tending to it. And there's so much of work to do in the land to get it to a suitable uh, level for, for planting and then keep tending to it and watering. And it's a long job. And it's not something that you see after one, two months, you see the end result of your efforts. You're putting effort and effort and effort and no result until the first harvest comes. And that is so many years later. And now, after all this effort, now when it's time to reap the fruit, you have to leave it and go. And at that time when he had to leave it and go, 
He says, Alhamdulillah, the day I stepped out of it, it stepped out of me. Now, mashallah, that happens because their hearts, that was on a level of insan, that there was some attachment to it, it's your possession, so some level of attachment, but the heart was attached to Allah Ta'ala. So if there was attachment to things also, that is Allah Ta'ala's gift. So Allah Ta'ala's na'mat, so you got to be grateful for it, care for it, use it correctly, make shukar for it. But the time came now to detach oneself from it, was for the name of Allah Ta'ala detached. Allah's carry on. So likewise, the people whose hearts are attached to Allah Ta'ala, even in these emotional matters, they then switch off. That this is now done. There's no need to even, uh, one is, we say, done and dusted, but then from time to time we're still dusting it. It's done and dusted, but they're still catching dust there. Why? Because that file is still lying there. Because the file is still lying there. Now some of us, we are insan, obviously, but we still didn't have the courage to take the file and dismiss the file away to somewhere. So if the file is not there, there's no need to dust the file again too. So now when you say done and dusted, now these are these personalities, when they say done and dusted, then that file goes into the shredder. And then it's gone. Finish. Ka'allam yakun. Like it never existed. Like it never existed. So we may not be of that caliber, but that's to what's to aspire for. That's what to aspire for. As mentioned right at the beginning, that one is pain and the other is malice. Pain is not in our control, but keeping the heart clean of malice is in our control. But this is also something to look at and aspire for. That they don't, they don't keep the file lying there, it's gone in the shredder, end of story. Khalas. So this is the occasion where these things are highlighted. When the Hadith Sharif it comes, the person who's broken family relationships, person who's disobedient to their parents, those who are involved in intoxicants, those who commit various other offenses which are mentioned in the Hadith, which now in the case of men, they wear their garments below their ankles, and the person who's involved in intoxicants, etc. These are all categories that are mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, who get deprived of the blessings of this night. So now we need to clear our hearts out, mend our relationships, and sincerely beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness. This is the most important thing that we have to do, mend our relationship with Allah Ta'ala, and mend our relationship with insan as well. Our relatives, our family people, especially our relationship with our parents. This is unfortunately a very, very common problem. Many parents very often complain about how their children talk to them, how they just back answer anyhow. They don't take any instruction from them. Simple things they don't want to help out with. They don't want to be of any help in any way whatsoever. Unfortunately, very common issue. This is not the way that we should be ever conducting ourselves. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with Iman. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this opportunity of acquiring knowledge of deen. We are acquiring knowledge to practice on it. This what was discussed now is part of knowledge. This was knowledge passed on to us, which is knowledge from the Hadith Sharif. Now we've gained this knowledge which we have gained from before. Maybe we forgot it. It got refreshed now. Maybe somebody got it for the first time. 
But this is knowledge that has been received now. And knowledge is for the purpose of practicing upon it. So we need to practice upon all these amal and get our hearts cleaned out, turn to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala accept one and all. Allah Ta'ala grant us His special forgiveness. Allah Ta'ala make us among those who gain His special mercies on this Mubarak occasion. Allah Ta'ala keep us with afiyat, keep us with perfect iman, take us with perfect iman, and raise us on the day of qiyamah with perfect iman. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهنه ربنا علمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه جمعين والحمد لله